Welcome to episode four of the Cranky Fan Podcast on the FL Teams channel on YouTube. Brought to you as usual by nobody. No sponsor yet, so we could use a sponsor. Uh, I am your host, the Cranky Fan, and today we'll do some more Rays talk. We have a, a bonus episode this week. Um, usually we do one a week, but I was able to get a very special guest to uh, be on the show um, from the Locked on Rays uh, show, Ulysses Zambrano. Ulysses, thank you for joining. Um, I have to say first that I am a huge fan of your show, huge fan of all the Locked On shows. I, you know, listen to Locked On Knicks, Locked On Giants, Locked On Rays every day, and uh, it's 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 an honor to have you on. So thanks thanks for joining. Well, thank you for the invite. Uh, I'm uh, it's it's really nice to hear that you uh, are not making us only your first listen, but you're also making us your second listen, maybe third and fourth. So that's really nice to hear, and I'm I'm sure I'll be able to set, send that to the. That recording to the bosses upstairs. So thank you for that. Yeah, tell Locke. I know he's a big uh, Utah Jazz guy, and <laughs> he was giving my boys yeah. at Locked On Nick some grief uh, this week. He, they they jumped on his show. They were talking about Donovan Mitchell, and it was pretty funny. So, but uh, uh, okay. no, it's a great sure network, and uh, <laughs> they're great shows. And uh, you know, I'm just glad to be able to talk a little Rays with you here. At uh, now that we're at the All Star break, it's a good time to kind of assess what's happened, what's going forward the rest of the season. And I thought, you know, we. Um, we DM quite a bit, you know, during the season. I I was on one of your yeah. live shows once. We did a thing. We were complaining. Yes. I was arguing about Michael Waka. <laughs> yes, good times, huh? Yeah. And then he ends up uh, just crushing it with uh, the Red Sox until the injury. It, but yes. Yeah, I know, but I mean, to me, it's like the Red Sox. If you know, two fifths of your starting rotation is Michael Waka and Rich Hill. I'm not worried about them, and I'm still. I'll still believe Michael Walker really being good when I see it over a sustained period. So <laughs> he's, <Yeah. laughs> he's in the rear view mirror. I don't want to talk about him anymore. <laughs> let's not. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Uh, let's talk about Rays. Obviously um, first half where we are. I mean, we've had, I think we have 17 guys right now on the injured list. It's a, it's, it's an act of the baseball gods. We are still even in the wild card hunt. Um, my question for you is, is this still sustainable with, you know, the guys that are out, you know, guys, some guys are starting to come back. Brandon Lau just came back, but wanders way, ways off. These pitchers, you know, seem like they're coming back. Then they're not. Do you think this is sustainable with this level of dipping so far into Durham and prospects that we can hang around the wild card well, and still make it? Or? Well, first I would, I would change that wording to wild card hunt to wild card leading. I mean, if you look at the American League, it's it's the Yankees, Astros, and then the race with the best record. So um, it's it's kind of insane if you have seen all of these injuries. You mentioned 17. I think now it's up to 18 after Jalen Beeks got injured as well. So now, I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's like one after the other, one after the other. And you start to look at what expectations were, right? Before mm -hmm. a pitch was thrown in the 2022 season, this was a team that had just won 100 games and so you're expecting more so the same kind of level like above 95 wins go back to back to back division championships like this is what they're aiming for mm -hmm. and then if we would have just jumped from april 6 before a pitch was thrown to what are we now july 21st and we are seeing the standings we would have all had a heart attack and like oh my goodness something went terribly wrong you know but then life is not like that. So we have seen what has happened from April 7th to July 21st. And 
I feel like on the contrary, most race fans are like, how are we 51 and 41 basically fielding a quad a half of a lineup? I mean, when you have, you know, the lineup that the race have had for such a long sustained period of time, and they're still leading the wild card, they're 51 and 41, uh, more than half the season has gone by. Yeah, I think this team is leading toward it's leaning way towards making the playoffs than not making the playoffs. But I wouldn't say anything is 100% sure that they're going to make the playoffs, but if I were a betting man, which I am I rarely am, I would bet for the Rays are, are going to be a, a a playoff uh team. Yes. My thought when the season during the offseason and my predictions for this year was, you know, they're taking a chance trading Austin Meadows and hoping Josh Lowe is ready to go. Um, Joey Wendell was a guy where I just didn't see a, a spot for him, quite honestly, and they're not going to spend the money on a guy who's going to be a utility infielder. I mean, it, it's easy in hindsight to say, oh, if Wendell was here, but if you look at what the uh, the infield was supposed to be when the season was getting ready to start, there was no place for him, really. And we're just not a team that's going to spend money on utility guys. Um, so, and I, I thought the pitching would be a little strong. I, I thought the pitching would be stronger than last year. I thought, you know, guys coming back in there, McClanahan taking that step. I mean, nobody expected the step he ended up taking, but you know, I thought Shane Boz would be in the rotation for the whole year, which would be a step up from the, the Michael Walkers of the world and the rich Hills when we started from last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, I bet the over, it was 89 wins before the season started. I took the over on that. It looks strong and it is shocking to me. I've not ripped up that ticket yet that it's still me. We're still on pace, right? Yeah. 91 wins right now. It, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing. I, I just, I, you know, we, we both watch the games on a nightly basis and we just see, you know, it guys like Brett Phillips, guys like Taylor walls. They're just not major. They're Brett Phillips is a great guy to have on your roster. If you only use him for late inning, defensive replacement, pinch running, things like that utility. But when he has to start, Five nights a week. It's not a major league hitter. I mean, he's gone through some brutal stretches. Um, I think this front office gambled a little bit with the uh, with the depth. I mean, depth is always going to be a problem with this team uh, until we have a new stadium. We, we all know that. Um, I think they gambled on prospects and guys they thought were ready to come up, and those guys just haven't worked out. And now you have to rely on them, not for bench help, but to start. And this is where we are. And I think that's an unfortunate um, consequence of the crazy amount of injuries because mm -hmm. Peter Bendix and Eric Neander and Kevin Cash and all of the, 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 the Excel spreadsheets and databases that they have did not <laughs> uh, think, Oh, we're going to have 18 guys in on the IL and uh, Vidal Bruhan and Taylor walls and Josh Lowe and Isaac Redes and, and Brett Phillips are going to all get major playing time and there will be no Mike Zunino. And when there, when there is Mike Zunino, he looks like the 2019 Mike Zunino, not the 2021 mm -hmm. Mike Zunino. Um, it's just been a, a, an, an, an incredible amount of injuries that have now put the mantra that the race have had for so long since 08, which is put guys in a position to succeed. Mm -hmm. That's it. 
Like if he it mashes lefties, that's what we play him for. If he mashes righty, that's what he's going to be facing. We're not going to put situations uh, for these guys that they're not able to perform well. But because of the injuries, yeah, you've had to see Brett Phillips face a lefty, and it's ugly. You've had to mm-hmm. see Vidal Bruhan bad as a lefty, which might be even worse than seeing Brett mm-hmm. Phillips as a starter. You've had to see Taylor Walls, you know, at second and third in the beginning of the season making silly mistakes because, yeah, he's a really good glove at shortstop, but this is the major leagues. Like, just changing the second and third, it's not that easy. So you put guys, so many guys, in so many positions to not succeed that you've seen all of these silly and very frustrating errors happen and and lack of production in a way that we haven't seen a team that has been so well constructed lately perform like this this we're not used to that and i've said this before this just means that we are incredibly and i have to say it we're spoiled we've been spoiled since 2018 since that 90 win season all of us as a fandom have now expected more, which is not that bad thing. That is not a bad thing to expect no. more for your team, right? You dedicate 162 plus days of your life every year for this team. You're expected to want more and more and more, right? Mm-hmm. But because of that, we've gotten spoiled. We are arguing about a 51 and 41 team not meeting expectations. Let's talk to the Pittsburgh Pirates that have not oh. done anything since 2013, the Cincinnati Reds, the Arizona Diamondbacks, the Miami Marlins. Let's talk to the Orioles. Finally, they're, they're, they're above 500, and, and they're rejoicing, as they should. Like There are so many fan bases that would love to be in the race position, but us with this, you know, um, mm-hmm. perspective that we have we, we've grown spoiled and we have to talk about that and I'm a major Kevin Crash critic Kevin Crash I believe you're the one who coined that phrase which to me that yeah. should be in Cooperstown on its own um, but we'll get to him in a minute but um, I am not blaming Kevin Cash or the front office or anything for this season I don't think this team is underachieving I don't think this team is you know short of expectations to me it, it's you know, anybody with half a brain says it's the injuries. The problem is this team, you know, and I live up in New York and I deal with a lot of Yankee fans who all they care about is the Yankees and maybe what the Red Sox are doing, who just don't mm-hmm. understand. Like they don't bother to look at the rest of the league. They know more about their team than any other fan base, and but they know less about the rest of the league. I mean, they still call it Tampa, still call it the devil rays. I mean, they're clowns, but yeah. tangent, I go, <laughs> um, they don't understand. It's like, oh, well, when you faced us last month up in Yankee Stadium, we didn't have our starting first baseman, second baseman, shortstop, center fielder, two of Catcher. our starting pitchers, and half our bullpen. Other than that, we only gave up two earned runs in the entire series. Yes. And, yes. Um, I, I, if this was the Yankees, you know, with these injuries, you'd be hearing – the, the sob stories on ESPN for oh 24 hours a day about the number yes. of injuries. And, uh, you know, it's just, oh, it's just, we're the devil rays. We're the lowly devil rays. Don't worry about them. They're cute. I like them, but whatever. So I, I'm giving that, I don't feel like this team is missing out on expectations because of performance or bad mistakes that were made in the off season or any of that. To me, it's just a simple fact of 
can this team get either healthy enough in time to legitimately sustain what they're doing the rest of the year, or can they sustain mm-hmm. it with just this core group, which looks like it's going to be here for a while. It, the Taylor Wall is going to have to play a lot. Brett Phillips is going to have to play a lot. Um, you know, Bruhan at some point will be back up here, or if not, any one of the other prospects that are right on the edge coming up. I mean, is this enough to to, to sustain? Boy, I hope so. Um, you know, of we course, are getting yeah. some help. Yeah, right. Um, we're we're trading Boz for Patino, basically, right? So we never had mm-hmm. Patino and Boz on 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 the same active roster. So we're basically switching out Patino for Boz. Boz looked pretty and, good. And he to be fair, clunky. Yeah. To be fair, we never really had Boz this year either. I mean, yeah. He's, I mean, what he was that? Four a, starts, five starts. Yeah, and two were terrible. Enough. Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like yeah. we were all Funky of a sudden Andy. losing, you know, Shane McClanahan or anything. So right. Um, with with Shane, I would say it's um, a little bit of the 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 rookie status expectations. Like we are just you know thinking, oh, he's gonna be like Shane. It's like, dude, like let's give him some time. The clunky mm-hmm. innings got him, and that's such a rookie thing with young pitchers. Like, yeah. He was great for four innings, and then one inning is just complete awful. Like he just loses it. Uh, that's just a, y- a young pitcher. Yeah. You know, oh yeah, of course. Perfect. That's craft. why it's, the expectation so, for him is like the fourth starter right now. Not, I wasn't exactly. worried about him. But thank you. Yeah. That's exactly what uh, us as a fandom, which I think not a lot of people had that. By the way, I think that's the right way of looking at young pitchers. Like if he can be a solid four, that's awesome. Next year, three. And then the other year, boom, I want him to be top of the rotation. That's the progression mm-hmm. that we should uh, aim right. for. But yeah, so we're going back. You're, you're changing boss for Patino. Hopefully Patino does well. I like his stuff. Uh, the command is just a little bit uh, iffy at times. With the bullpen, we saw Pete Fairbanks come back. Um, I've always had to have Pepto-Bismol right next to me when I'm watching Pete Fairbanks <laughs> uh, pitch. Uh, because the results are there usually. I'm not gonna lie about the Thompson-itis. results, but it's <laughs> yes, but it's 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 the struggle. It's the Houdini right. act that he has to perform in order mm-hmm. to get the outs. That um, I'm not a really big fan of, but the results are there. Uh, so hopefully that's a big high leverage arm that 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 can get us there. But but it's you'd rather honestly have the offense. You'd rather have a guy like him over Garza, though, as part of your yes, arsenal. Yes, he makes the bullpen better. Yes, or right. or uh, whoever you know you're throwing out there. At, at these Luke Bard, for example. Um, but going back, yeah, going back to what is the biggest thing? It's it's the offense, man. So who is that push? You mentioned him before, Brendan Lau coming back. That's awesome. That is fantastic. However. You still got the Yu Changs, the Brett Phillips, the Josh Lowe's, and the Taylor Walls that be at, be the rookie thing, be the, hey, we just got this trade guy, or be the fact that, hey, he's just going through a cold streak. Some, one of them, two of them, hopefully all of them, but at least one or two of that group needs to step it up this half, or it's going to be treading water until game 162. It's not right. going to be like, oh, okay, we've got the wild card sealed up with two weeks to go. No, if none of these guys pan out this year, offensively speaking, you're looking at game 161 and you're looking at the standings, you're looking at the MLB scores. That's what's going to happen. If none of these guys pull off a, a, you know, a second half worthy of something, man. Yeah, we, like, we remember game 162 back one now fondly because we know we won it. But I was yeah. at the trap that night and it was not fun. 
especially when the Yankees jumped out to that huge lead. That was awful. So I don't want to do that mm-hmm. again. I want to have, okay, we're done the last week and relax. Um, you made a point yeah. about the rookies. And I think there's something that uh, a lot of Rays fans don't do that I try to do is I'm not writing any of these guys off long-term, like the Bruhans. It's even the Taylor Walls. It's like you have to compartmentalize till 2022 and the future of this franchise. Like people are like, oh, yes, get rid of Bruhan because he can't hit. He stinks. He can't hit lefty, you know, can't hit righties, blah, blah, blah. It's like they these guys are rushed up here. They're not ready to and even Wander Franco, I can make an argument that he got up here a year early, you know, based yeah. upon COVID and and you know, this progression. So just because a guy like Bruhan is, you know, brutal this year, that doesn't mean I'm ready to, you know, dump him on the first trade just to get some slugger rental for two months I, I i think we have to and that's why i think you guys brought it up on your show you know are we buyers sellers or holders i am 100 mm-hmm. a holder on this team because it was an extraordinary set of circumstances why we're in this situation we're in now and i don't want to tear down anything because i feel like the window for this team started a year or so ago and is open for a couple of years going forward so why are we going to take things apart because we are a seller, we're not going to do it this year. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Like the window is not closed because the if the Rays don't, honestly, I'm not even ready to say. Like I, I believe that this team is going to the playoffs. Um, but even if they were to die off in the wild card series, which would be a disappointment, um, mm-hmm. it still leaves the window. I I believe wide open. You know so. Why would you sell off your pieces for, you know, oh, let's get a, a high A guy, a couple of double A? Like, no, like you push through, you push through. Um, so, no, I, I would not be sellers. I agree with you. I would, I'd be holders. And again, you, you're getting some pieces back. Hopefully that can help you. We, we never talk about Tyler Glass now, but he himself has been throwing. He's been talking that he could come back in the bullpen, pitching one inning at a time in September. I mean, you talk about how the pitching, I think, has been the most beautiful thing this year because there hasn't mm-hmm. been a lot of beautiful things for this team. But the <laughs> pitching, you just said it, in the Yankee series, like no names are keeping the, that lineup to two runs every every game. Like it's, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous what this pitching staff has been doing, right? So you're telling me that you can add a Pete Fairbanks? You're telling me that you can add a Tyler Glass now for the September chase? Um, uh, you're, you're telling me that a Yanni Torinos is coming back and also next to him in the same team is Brendan McKay. I mean, these mm-hmm. are, these are talented guys that yes, although coming back from rehab, I would rather have those guys than the Luke Bards, the Garza juniors sure. and, and, and guys that have been put into situations again to not succeed. Like that's been the mantra for the race. Just put guys in a position to succeed. And this year, because of the injuries, we've seen that that hasn't been really been possible. Who other than maybe the Mets, when DeGrom comes back, hmm. who, if you're in a short series, Glasnow, McClanahan, who has a better one, two punch than that getting into a short series. That's a, that's, that's, that's a good one. Good I, I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the boys in Queens because I think the Grom Scherzer might be an all-time one-two punch if if we ever get it to see be. that. Um, that that that'd be fantastic. Um, you know, I think the Phillies in 2010 they had H2O right. They had Halliday, mm-hmm. uh, Hamels, and Oswalt. That was nasty. 
That's a one that three was nasty. at that time. That was crazy. Um, you know, the, but the, again, the, the Rays. Degrom is Degrom is about the same with Glasnow. Degrom, I think, just had another setback. I think he had they had to shut him down a little oh, bit. Oh, did so, he? I haven't heard it. I oh, believe okay. he did. I think I saw that on Twitter yesterday. So I don't even know if, if he's coming back or not. We'll have to see. What a punch for for that Mets fandom. Um, and that's crazy, you know, because they've done so well. Uh, for most of the season, and and they're still, I believe, leading the division, right? I think Atlanta's like maybe two or they're three games up. back, but it's but yeah. Unlike other teams that kind of falter, it's not they had this huge lead, but just Atlanta went insane. I mean, the Mets yeah. have been pretty much pretty even, Steven, the whole year. It's just yeah. Atlanta all of a sudden yeah. had that one month where they were like twenty four and five or something crazy. Otherwise, they would run away with like the Yankees are. That. That is hopefully what can happen for the Reds. It happened for the Red Sox uh, last month before they, they took a turn in July. But again, the Red Sox went insane. I think they won like 20, 22 games in that month. They only gained half a game to the Yankees. So yep. the the hole that the Red Sox, the Jays, and the Rays have now gotten themselves into because of really – underperforming play and just tremendous play by the Yankees. They've just played like a, like a machine. Um, now they're going to be talking about this team, like the 22 Yankees, not the 27 Yankees. Um, you, you don't know, live up here. You don't know how bad it is. It's ridiculous. And they're I like, bet, if we don't get, I bet. And they're, but they're still like, we got to get Juan Soto. Oh, my it's goodness. like, of course, of course they do. They of have, course a, they do. Yeah. What's the old saying? They're going to trade and they're going to trade and they're going to get them for uh, Andujar and Joey Gallo. I bet. I bet. Exactly. I bet that's the, yeah, yeah, of course. You've heard the old um, saying, they have a loaf of bread on their arm. They complain they have no meat. That's them. I mean, they have, it's, it's ridiculous up here. They're just so delusional, but I didn't want. Yeah. I, I think I we get the light version. The Yankees. <laughs> yeah. I think we get What's the that? light version of the Yankee fans that are living here, you know, but we, 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 we it's like the diet Coke that we, we get down here for, for the fans, but you, you know, get, it, it's, you, you get Yankee yeah. fans on steroids down there because they, again, I grew up up here. I lived in Florida for 14 years. I know what New Yorkers are like when you move yeah. down to Florida, your accent gets a little thicker. Your fandom ah. gets a little louder. Your obnoxiousness. It's like they just get on a bus from Long Island and they replace Sunrise <laughs> Highway with US 19. And I could I could say that because I was yeah. one of them. I came back up there, but yeah. you get the worst version of Boston guy and Yankee guy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Here, I didn't want to say it, but we get it pretty I'll bad. I'll say yeah. it. Yeah, oh, believe me. <laughs> okay, good. I'll deal with those on my on the Giants show later. Those guys, don't worry about it. <laughs> okay, but, good. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, but when you go to a Yankee game up here, it's not that yeah. bad. And go to no. a Ranger game with your Lightning gear is far, far worse. Uh, oh. Yeah, I. I, oh, I, I do want to visit about. Yankee Stadium, uh, but th they've told me, yeah, you know, there there are some sections where you do not want to sit. I think the the right field bleachers are bleachers. definitely not yeah. a no go. Well, they're clowns out there anyway. You don't want you don't want to sit out there first of all, but. I have tickets for every time the Yankees they're behind home plate up top and it's perfectly fine. In fact, I'll cool. come up, you come with me, we'll go to a game together. It'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. I'll hold you to that, man, man. I'll hold you to it. Um no, but talk, look 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 go, go, going back uh, just one more, th one more thing. Yeah. If if you look at this revelation that Jeffrey Springs has been doing for the for the pitching staff, Drew Rasmussen did it last year. Like it's really insane how they turn two relievers into solid pieces of the starting rotation. So when we say Johnny Torinos, when we say Brendan McKay, when we say Tyler Glass now, like it's not out of the realm of possibility that those two guys, just by bumping off the Garza juniors and, and, and mm -hmm. the Luke Barts, 
they're going to make this team better. And that's a really good part of this team is the pitching staff. So if you're going to make that better, that means that other team is going to score less runs, which is great for this offense because this offense cannot find a way to exactly. have a stable you know, run production. So by taking that out, I think it's it's uh, B.A. said it last time in, in, in the broadcast. He said four is the magic run uh, number for the race this season. Like they do not barely lose if they, if they score more than four runs. Mm-hmm. That's it. So... What this pitching staff has done, keeping most teams to three runs or less, it's unreal. It's, uh, I just hope it's sustainable. I mean, that's the only thing for me, me is just, you know, these guys we're relying on, they're out uh, kicking their coverage. I just hope they can they can keep doing it. That, that's my only thing. Me too. Um, let's talk a little about Kevin Cash because that is a topic mm-hmm. of mine that, you know, fires me up on Twitter all the time. Uh, of course, people agree with me. People disagree with me. I know we've had a couple discussions about it on, on DMs about it. Um, yeah, I want to get your take on something that my big criticism with Kevin Cash has always been that I think he worries too much about the big picture than individual games. And I've been thinking about it over the all-star break that is it a Kevin Cash problem or is it an organizational problem? philosophy that's a problem not necessarily over the 162 but when we get into like the postseason for example so i'm not suggesting like you know a lot of people think a lot of conspiracy theorists like there's some master spreadsheet out there that every move that's made kevin cast all he does is refer to the spreadsheet and plugs and plays you know he's not yeah. he's not a chess player moving chess boards you know, things around the board but mm-hmm. the philosophy of you know taking a guy out after 85 innings after five, you know, 85 pitches after five innings or, you know, uh, worrying too much about righty, 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 lefty, you know, even though there might be five career at bats or, yeah, you know, letting, letting a reliever hang out to dry with a two run lead. And let's letting him, if he's you know not doing well, cause you're worrying about, well, we're playing five games in six nights. Is there too much of that worrying about the big picture that, we throw away wins that might impact well are we the second wild card or the first wild card are we the first wild card or the division and then especially in the world series or in the playoffs where we've seen and i was at that game i was at game six when kevin cash pulled blake snell and i had to be physically restrained by my wife from running on the field and punching out our manager is that that's just that overall philosophy overall good or bad for this team or is it just I Kevin think, Cash, his own decisions? I think it's a structural uh, thing. It's not Kevin Cash. It's not Kevin Cash. I think it, it, it comes down from an organizational point of we have – you, you named like seven different scenarios. So I'm not going to name them all again. But you by you naming seven of the things that they tend to do, that tells you that there is a set structure, that there is a set core of beliefs of what will make you a good baseball team at the end of 162. Now, most of those things are very frustrating for us fans that have that remember looking at box scores in a newspaper, um, mm-hmm. which I did when I was growing up because I was a total nerd at seven years old. And so I was looking at <laughs> newspapers for the box scores, you know. Um, so th- those little things that are structurally for the race do get bothersome, uh, especially when they blow up. But... 
the results have been there that they work. However, just because they work does not mean that they should always be followed or they should always like it's not an obligatory well we want to f- do righty lefty righty but like you said but you know what uh Vidal Bruhan hasn't been really that hot against against righties and we don't really want him as a lefty let's let's mm-hmm. let's let's switch out for another righty you know M- make Isaac Paredes take that at bat instead of Vidal Bruhan you know those things that's what's frustrating at least to me personally is that fine have your structure if you you've run, you're very smart people. You're a very smart organization. You've 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 shown it year after year. But where is that human touch? Where is that? Because at the end of the day, we just we're just happy to see these human beings launch baseballs with a spherical wooden bat into the <laughs> stratosphere, 450 feet away. Like that's an amazing thing, right? Right. So mm-hmm. it's entertainment. It's a sport. So to just always go down to this structure just because the statistical analysis that you did or you know the intern McGee did came out and said <laughs> this is the best way to win the ball game uh-huh. you know it just takes well, away from the special moments you know well that's my point is that i don't think they're doing everything they can to win every game to me there's like the, the saying i think what's his name uh Post game show guy, uh, Neil Solons, lackey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he'll probably never be a guest on this show because I, it's okay. Yeah. We, we, we've, I'm not, we've, a, I'm not I, on the payroll. I, I, I vented against him. I vented against him. I think like three weeks ago, I, I did not like what he said in the post game. I think he was just like scoffing at fans. And I was yeah. just like, that's not your job. Don't scoff yeah. at people. You're, I know you're yeah. on the payroll and you're supposed to carry the, 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 the water, but you know, we're not fools, yeah. but forget him. Yeah. Um, my point. Oh, his what he said something like this team does not chase wins. So the philosophy then is if we're down by two runs in the seventh inning, we are not going to put our for never mind our A pen, our B pen in. We're just giving up. Like I get it, this team is offensively challenged, but you're cutting a game short by saying, well, we'll just, we'll worry. We're not going to waste an arm tonight for tomorrow. And that's part of that game. One, that one sixty two game thing where, you know, my, my questions are, you know, related to this is that, is this roster good enough? Like, does it really matter the way they're, they're doing this kind of philosophy that could they still win just by trying to win every game? (laughs) And also what would a manager, like, let's say if Buck Schulwaller was this manager, an old school uh-huh. guy. What would he do with this roster? Would there be much of a difference? Because I'm still trying to parse out is Kevin Cash actually a good manager or not, or is he just a victim of circumstance? Good, good both questions. Um wow. Uh man, I, I think with the chasing wins then, it's I think you have to be a little bit more structurally aware, and this is gonna be frustrating. Um but you have to, I think, follow that set of structure, structural values that they've created as strictly as possible this year. Why? Because of the, the roster that you have. If, if you had, if you have Brendan Lau and Wonder Franco and you had 
uh, all of these guys actually performing at the level that you want them to? And Manny Margot, for God's sakes, how can we talk about Manuel Margot and how he has been completely injured and he was fantastic this season mm -hmm. and we don't mm -hmm. have his defense, we don't have his at-bats, we don't have his clutch factor, which I know analytical people hate the word clutch. They think it's blasphemy. There's no such thing. It it's exists. a mythical thing. It's, it's the It Yeti. exists. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, we haven't even had that guy. So I think this is a season where we're going to be more frustrated because they have to follow the statistical analysis because the statistical analysis says most times we're going to win if we do this and they can't deviate from that too much following every game to go win every time because the roster does not allow them to. It just but it, it doesn't, man. It doesn't. This is not a new thing with this organization and this manager. They are It's not. They are rigid it's and structured, not. you know. They're they're the team that came up with the we don't want the starting pitcher facing the third time around thing. And you know, that's the Blake mm -hmm. Snell situation too. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, again, I I say this on almost every show and I say it all the time on Twitter. It was actually pinned to my Twitter feed for a while that talent wins over 162 games. And you can't outmanage talent. You are what you are. You know, Casey Stengel won how many World Series with the Yankees? And then he lost 120 games with the Mets in 62. Did he, did he forget how to manage? Yeah. No, he no. didn't have the talent. But in a short series, that's where managing or sometimes the lack yes. of managing really comes in. Because yeah, your expected results over a long sample size, it will play out doing these type of moves that we find frustrating on a night-by-night -night basis. But in the playoffs, you don't have the luxury of a long runway. You lose game three on a, a, a questionable decision that doesn't make any baseball logical sense. You just lost one game out of four you can't lose. And yeah, it got Grady Little fired with the Red Sox. I would have fired Kevin Cash on the spot in game six. Like I would have gone right out there. And because, just, okay, but let me say, why would you? Why, why, why were you more upset? Because Blake Snell was taking out or because of who came to replace him in Nick Anderson. Take him out. The takeout was Take him out. the Nick Anderson thing. We, we all know he was toast by that point, but I was already, cause I saw him warming up and I turned to my wife. I'm like, they're going to pull him. She's like, no way. I'm like, they're going to pull him. And I couldn't tell at first who it was. Cause the ink, we were over here and it was way out there, but yeah. it's just the fact that he's your ace. You know, think of all the guys and think of world series performances in the past. Like, Randy Johnson's and the Kurt Schilling's and you know, all these guys that just, you know, this is where they, they become historic and they become great for, you know, doing more. You have to do. I remember um, Dwight Gooden in 86, there was a playoff mm -hmm. game. It was the NLCS against Houston. They never pitched him more than nine innings back then. And it was a tie game. He pitched 11 innings. And I remember at the time thinking they're crazy. They're going to kill this. They're going to ruin his arm. But it's like, you have to, at the end of the day, your best nine players in a short sample size. And to me, Blake Snell is better than anybody in that bullpen at that moment. And to make that decision based on your formula, which may work over a long period of games, but you don't have any, any margin for error. None, especially in a game I, six where you lose, you go home. It, to me, it was just, it was great, a little bad, and he should have been fired on the spot. <laughs> I I don't think I don't think he should be fired on the spot because I think he's basically saying doing what they want him to do, so oh, oh, that's he, why he should be fired. 
But well, that's why I they'll never say, fire him. That is why he should exactly. Be there you go. Yeah, it's a, yeah, that's better wording. Yeah, but <laughs> I think. Um, but I think. I think I've made my piece. It, it took me a long time to make my piece with that snail takeout. Um, but I, I, I just ultimately, as a baseball fan that believes in that c word clutch and that magic that is sports, professional sports. I mean. As a race fan, especially, how do you not believe in magic and in clutch when there's a game 162 and there's a game four and there's a Brasso game? Like, mm-hmm. how do you not believe in magic and clutch? I, I don't believe as a rela- race fan at least. In, you can believe in magic without relying on magic. That's exactly. So Don't rely Blake on Snell it. So not most- magic. He's great. No, but in that night, at that night, he was throwing seeds, man. He was throwing seeds left and right and up and mm-hmm. down. And you hear the post-game conferences by the Dodgers, by the Mookie Betts, by the Cody Bellingers, by, by the Chris Taylors of the world. And they all were ecstatic in the dugout when they took out Blake Snell. Why? Because sports, what's that Yogi Berra a quote? Uh, uh, baseball is Name uh, one. <laughs> 90% mental and the other half is physical or whatever it is. 90% like, of the game so, is half mental. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So like it's, I mean, when, when you're not getting hits, when you're not getting hits, when you're basically getting bloopers and, and, and they take that guy out the mental stress of like, Oh, somebody new, a new angle, like a new, like that helps that other team. So that's something I think it's missing in that statistical analysis that they follow. Mm-hmm. And I do agree with you that in short series, a manager's move or lack of a move can be more poignant into them uh, mm-hmm. be, being perceived as, as, as the detriment of, of, of a loss than in a 162, seri- in well, a 162 also, season. We know the, the thing we always talk about in these short series is managers get too involved because starters only go like three innings, two and a third, the bullpen's up. But again, who are the two guys that are no longer on this team from last year? Austin Meadows and uh, Joey Wendell. How sure. many at-bats did those guys have in that series? <laughs> they had like three each. I, mean, I do not understand how Joey Wendell uh, was kept on the bench in game what is it? Game five, right? No, game four. Yeah, game four because it was a, you know, it was a short series. So, um, yeah, with Yandi D as a third defensively in the ninth inning, like how how do you not make that switch, Yandi and 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 uh, and uh, Joey? And how does Austin Meadows, who hits a home run or a couple home runs in that series, basically doesn't see any more at bats? Like it's they're all it stars. A very yeah, they're all stars. Like. I feel like that series, if I were to watch it again, I would count the Kevin Crash moments and I would, again, uh, be very, very angry and very disappointed. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not something like just get over it because, you know, ask an Indian fan, you know, ask a, a fan of uh, Seattle who hasn't been in the playoffs for 20 years. We, to get into the playoffs, it's the hardest sport to get into the playoffs of any of the major sports. And yeah. to win a World Series is very, very difficult. Add on to the fact that we are a low-budget team with we have we have no margin for error for anything. Yeah. It's not like oh we're we're not the Dodgers who are guaranteed the playoffs every year. Right. We 
this could be over. We could be done for another decade until we get a new stadium or something. But yeah. to blow an opportunity like that and just be like, ah, oh, get over it. We'll be back. There is no we'll be getting back. And it's it's not an assurance thing. I mean, when you have the Yankees who have gotten smarter this year, like they went smarter. And you were like, you know what that matters? Defense. You know what matters? Having a good receptor behind the dish. Like, what is Tampa doing? Hmm. Tampa has always really good defensive catchers, even if they hit one, uh, 150. It doesn't matter. We should mm-hmm. do that. And guess what? They got a guy who did that and accept the fact that Joey Trevino <laughs> has now become uh, uh, he became a, a their Deion Navarro. And all of a sudden, yes, started hitting. Exactly. Yeah. IKF, Isaiah kind of Falefa. Like, you know, he's just a glove first guy. And they were like, you know what? We should just move Glaber to second, and that'll make our defense better. Get Josh Donaldson. We've got the money. Who, who cares? He makes our third base defense better. Like, they have gotten better, and they have stacks under the cushions that they never that they never use. The Red Sox, well, they got smarter. They Kyan Bloom, mm-hmm. they got they beat us last year, right? So they got smarter, and they've got money. And then Toronto Blue Jays are have a great talented young group, and they've got money to spend. And now the Orioles, after draft picking number one after number one after number one, now they have a scary lineup. They have mm-hmm. a good bullpen. They need to work on their starting pitching, but they're still above 500. So you're telling us that it's an assured thing to go to the playoffs every year? Nah, not at all. And then it's very the different when you lose to, when you have 18 guys on the injured list, things like that. I mean, Yankee yeah. fans, again, they live in their own delusional world, but they don't like Brian Cashman because of the, the playoff, you know, screw ups. You know, they don't win in the playoffs or anything, but you build a team. For what to, to get through 162. You don't build a team to face the Astros in a short series because short series are too random. They're too, yeah. you know, one Hard wild pitch, you could lose a game. And that's, you know, yeah. Could be Ask uh, Nick Anderson. 25% of Ask your Nick series. Anderson game six. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you build a team and Brian Cashman for 20 years, first with the, the payrolls and ever since the Steinbrenner said, we're not paying the luxury tax has rebuilt this team in a way that's younger, you know, better defense, more versatile players, guys off the scrap heap that all of a sudden start playing. I mean, yeah. The the, the fan up here doesn't like the sign brands so they don't spend money and that goes into the they got to get Soto. It's like no you don't. You don't need him. Yeah. I don't know. I'm it's we got a we got about 70 games left this season. I just hope we could just stay afloat and because again, you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. I mean, yes. I'm sure most Rays fans were looking past the Red Sox last year. And you know, how many how many wild card teams have won the World Series? How many number one overalls have not won the World Series? It's just right. get in. Yeah, it's a crapshoot, man. Just get in, and then you'll be fine. But hopefully, they get in. I think they will. I think they they've got the the reinforcements coming. Hopefully, one of those young guys can step it up offensively, like we talked about, and then we will be a little bit less cranky, all of us. Well, I'm sure I'll find something. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, tell tell Rays Nation where we can find you and Locked On Rays. Well, you can find uh, Locked On Rays uh, podcast in every podcast pl- uh, platform. Um, obviously, we would encourage people to go to YouTube and subscribe. Get, get them the 300 viewers, please. Can we do that? That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, so that that's fantastic. So we'll go over there. We're working on on getting to Yandy Diaz's on-base percentage. 
So that'll be great. And you can find <laughs> me personally on Twitter at Sembrano Ulysses. And I always retweet our stuff there. So uh, thanks for having me on, man. It was a blast talking race baseball with you. I'm trying to get to Taylor Wall's uh, batting average myself for, for viewers, okay. less, but we'll get there as well. So yes. uh, as always, you can catch me on Twitter at the cranky fan. Um, and also my companion show, the just giants podcast with the football grump is we actually have training camp starting this week. So uh, we'll lots more football content over there here. We'll continue to talk rays and gators as we're getting ready for football season to start here. So uh, Ulysses, thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on and helping me get this launched. Um, you know, Watch out for those DMs coming, and I might even have to sneak on to your show once or twice to uh, give you guys some grief. So I really do appreciate Sounds it. Sounds good. Thank you. All man. right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye.